Well, there's something I just cannot kick. And so I'm going to preach about it today because I believe this is what God wants me to share. And I'm going to be sharing today on the issue of identity. And I'm going to be sharing on identity in the coming weeks. We're going to weave it around the holiday some kind of way, and God's going to direct that, and I, I trust that. But uh, last time I preached, I talked about us being free indeed. We're no longer in bondage to sin and death. Sin doesn't own us. We may struggle with habits or addictions or things that we feel like own us. We're tethered to them. They're tied to us. They, they, they will not let us go. And I gave you an analogy last, well, two weeks ago, because Ben shared last week, and I gave you an analogy that I'd heard about how the, the elephants were trained at the circus, that as a little baby elephant, they were trained to think that they could not go beyond the rope that was tied to their leg. The other end of that rope was tied to a stake that was in the ground. Now, all of us know that an elephant is so powerful, so strong, so huge, there's no way a little stake in the ground can keep it from going wherever it wants to go. But it's my, in its mind, that was its limitation. So therefore, it could not go beyond that road. And oftentimes, those issues, we have issues in our lives that are, that have us tethered. We're tied to the rope. Our history, our past, our mistakes, our imperfections, our flaws. It's like they're staked to the ground and we cannot get free from them. But if we believe God's word, we are free in Christ. We are free indeed. We're not in bondage to those things. Are you hearing me? Our identity is in him. And that's why I want to talk about today our identity and, and, and specifically, easy for me to say, specifically, how do I see myself? We spoke along these lines. Some of you who've been here for a while, we had an identity series years ago of uh, about at least four years, four or five years or so ago. And the Lord brought that to my uh, recollection as I was uh, praying about how to minister and, and, and what the body needed to hear. And I told y'all last week that uh, Christy and I, my wife, we we're praying, and we felt like, you know, God gave us a, a, a message, a vision of, of the year 2020 as far as, you know, how 2020 eyesight, corrected vision, perfect vision. I just believe God wants to clarify our vision on some things. He wants to clarify our vision of him. He wants to clarify our vision of ourselves in him. He wants to clarify our vision in the word as it pertains to our lives. All right? 
So self-image basically means how you see yourself. It's our personal view of our own worth, of our own value, our importance, our competence. I'm speaking to you as a young man who grew up who lacked confidence, who lacked a certain, a positive self-image, who looked for things outside of myself and for people outside of myself to give me confirmation, affirmation that I meant something. That I had worth, that I could contribute. And oftentimes, I got a negative message that I didn't measure up. Is there anyone out there that can relate? Life presents you many challenges, and oftentimes those challenges will cause you to fail. And those failures will cause us to view ourselves as a failure. If we're not rooted in the truth, that will become our truth. Does that make sense? The lie will become our truth. Everyone repeat after me this question. How do I see myself? Ask yourself that question. How do I see myself? What image do I believe? Not not when I look in the mirror, but, but in my mind's eye. What is my opinion of myself? And then ask yourself a second question. What is that image that I see based on? What lens am I looking at myself through? Are you seeing yourself through the lens of past failures or successes? You may think you're a pretty big deal. Are you seeing yourself through the lens of life experiences? Through a dysfunctional family? Through your profession, what you do for a living? Is your self-image impacted by YouTubers? The older people are like, what? The younger people are like, is there someone that you follow whom you allow to dictate or shape how you feel about yourself? What about pop culture? Don't you know that your feelings 
can give you a false image of yourself. They can lie to you. What image do I believe? If your self-image is rooted in anything other than the word of the heavenly father who created us, then you're viewing yourself through a faulty lens. I heard one amen, but it's the truth. And one of the things that I think is important as Christians is to renew our minds. Romans 12, 2 says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. God wants to renew our minds in every area of our lives. He wants to change the way we think from a carnal mindset to a spiritual mindset based on the word of God. How we see ourselves is especially where God wants our minds renewed. Amen? So many of us, including the us in the church, are struggling with identity crisis. And you know why I think that is? Yes, Pastor, I want to know. What do you think it is? I think it's because and, I, and I'll tell you what, it'll take a lot for you to convince me otherwise, is that the word of God is not the authority in our lives that it ought to be. It, isn't, it, 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 it even isn't the authority that it ought to be among the people of God. Too often, we embrace certain reasonings and attitudes and logics and so forth that may be commonly believed but are contrary to the word of God and it wrecks our faith it causes us to walk and operate and move in doubt fear and unbelief rather than in the truth of God and it dims our light because you see those in the world are walking in darkness and they're desperate. They're looking, even if they do not know it, they're looking for hope. They're looking for life. They're looking for light. And those of us who have the light of Christ inside of us have the light to offer them, but we have to get out of our own way. We have to get out of our own minds and we have to stop believing and thinking the way the world thinks and begin to take God at his word, embrace it, own it. Make it ours. Walk in it and not be ashamed of the gospel. Are you hearing me? You know, I didn't even have it in my notes, but I was thinking about it on, on the way to church this morning. There's so many people in need out there, so many people in bondage 
in various ways. So many people I know the Lord's heart grieves, grieves for. And we, his church, are called to reach with the gospel. And, you know, and there are those out there doing a great job. And there are those in this body. This body not only loves one another, we love this community. And so I do want to commend you for that. There is so much work going on in this community, out of this body, and being done by other churches. What I'm saying is not a condemnation of the church. <laughs> I, want, I want to say that right off. But it is, but, but we have some challenges. The two greatest commandments is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength. One, right? And love your neighbor as yourself. But if you're looking at yourself through a faulty lens and you're condemning self, you don't value and treasure self and don't see self like God sees you, okay, then how are you really loving yourself? And if you are looking at yourself that way, how can you love others the way God commands? Amen? So learning to see ourselves as God sees us. Despite our issues, despite our flaws, despite our shortcomings and so forth, is vitally important. For even us being able to reach those who are lost. Because we got to do it in love, y'all. You know, we, we can't reason. You know, the, the Bible says that the carnal mind cannot understand the things of the Spirit. Can't do it. We can't go up there and say, well, Romans 12, 2 says this. You got to renew your mind. There's no telling what kind of response you get, but it's not that simple. They've got to, they've got to experience. They've got to see. They've got to encounter the love of Christ. They can respond to that. And once they're reconciled with him and in relationship, then we can, get, we can start the process of renewing our minds. Amen? I, I don't want to get all over the place, but, but I feel like, and too often, we embrace certain thoughts and attitudes and reasonings that are contrary to biblical truth. And you know what? It's time we get fed up with that and say no more. Devil, I'm not accepting those thoughts that you plant into my mind. I'm not entertaining them any longer about myself. I'm no longer defining myself in those terms. I'm not going to look in the mirror and, you know, I'm not just going to call myself ugly. I'm not going to call myself fat. I'm not going to call myself an addict. I'm not going to call myself these labels, these things that are not mine to have. These things that I've been redeemed and delivered from. I'm not going to call myself those things anymore. 
Because that's not what the word of God says that I am. Are you hearing that? I'm not walking in unbelief anymore. I'm not going, I'm not struggling with self-condemnation anymore or self-loathing or hopelessness. I'm not going to view myself as unworthy or unlovable anymore. How can I do that when John 3.16 says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have everlasting life. So, so God says I'm lovable. Who am I to say otherwise? Amen? My opinion or God's? You decide. Second Corinthians 5 verse 17. I uh, referenced this scripture a couple of weeks ago. But it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone, the new is here. If Christ is your Lord and Savior, you may look the same as you did before you surrendered your heart to him, but you're not the same. You're a new creation. All right, and we need to re- we need to remember that. We need to remind ourselves of that. We need to embrace that, delight ourselves in that truth, meditate on it. Right? Now, this is not simply an appeal to make you feel better about yourself. That's that's not what I'm I'm trying to do here. This is not an exercise in just self-esteem or or self-adulation. You know, the, the word esteem is defined as the regard in which one is held, especially high regard, or to set a, value, a high value on, regard highly, and prize accordingly as an esteemed guest. My desire is for you to know how highly God esteems you. And we can only learn that through the lens of Scripture. Are you hearing me? God wants us to know who we are. He wants us to look in the mirror and look past the fleshly vessel that we encounter, you know, that, that, that we are wearing. And see ourselves seated in heavenly places in the heavenly realm with Christ. See ourselves as sons and daughters of the Most High God. Is that bearing witness with you? See ourselves as as, as being in the image of God. Genesis 1, 26 and 27 says we were created in his image, right? I want you to go to Romans 8, verse 31. We'll park there for a few verses. Romans 8, verse 31. 
I uh, am reading this in the ESV. There's so much loneliness in this world. There's so much cold, coldness. There's so much self-judgment and condemnation and so forth. And I just feel like, I, I just believe that God's word will inspire us to overcome those things. Starting at verse 31 of Romans 8, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. You want to talk about value. You want to talk about treasure. You want to talk about preciousness. All right? That, that, that's how much God esteems you. All right? That's the high regard that he holds each and every one of us in. He did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. On your worst day, you can remind yourself of this. My boss might not feel like I'm worth very much today. After I messed up that project or, or after I did not come through on this deal and so forth. So my, my, my performance today may not be worth very much, but there is a God in heaven who deems me special. There's a, there's a God in heaven who holds me in, in such high regard that he gave his only, only son so that I could be in relationship with him. Amen? He who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? <laughs> who shall bring any charge against God's elect? There's a lot of people that are willing to judge you. Sometimes it blows my mind what I see on the Twitterverse. Social media, there's a lot of angry, a lot of hateful, a lot of junk out there. It doesn't take much for people to, to judge you and bring charge against you. But you know what? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies Who is to condemn? Who can condemn you? Christ Jesus is the one who died. More than that, he was raised. Who is at the right hand of God? Who indeed is interceding for us? There you go. He esteems you enough that he is always interceding for you. Praying for you. That God's favor, God's blessing, that, that, that God's will is accomplished for your life. That you find God's will and direction for your life. That you walk in the things of God that he's called you to. Amen? That you fulfill the promise. Amen? So not only did, he, did God give his only son for you, his son is always interceding for you. Others may try to condemn you. But the one who has the right to do it isn't condemning you. <laughs> I mean, that matters, doesn't it? That matters. He's the justifier of you. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Now, that's a, that question 
It's like, who can separate us from his love? That's how much he regards you. That's how much, you can't be separated from his love. What does it say? Shall tribulation? Well, it sure feel like God doesn't love me during tribulation. You so your, your, your emotions, your feelings can lie to you in the middle of the tribulations, right? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we're being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. And he, and he answers the question. It was rhetorical. <laughs> he answered, no. Shall any of these things separate us from the love of God? No. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Now, in case you're wondering, through him who loved us, it isn't God loved us as in past tense and he doesn't love you anymore. I would add a little context to that where him who loved us so much that he gave his son for us. Amen? He could, that's how deep his love was and is and shall ever be. Amen? So he's proven his love for us. He's showed, he's demonstrated his love for us in that way. And that he gave himself for us. And think about that. I know I'm preaching to the choir for the most part, but think about that. We were all lost and condemned, separated from God. There was nothing we could do that would make us good enough to be reconciled with him. There's no way we could satisfy the law. But it says the, the word of God says the law was our schoolmaster to teach, to, to bring us to Christ. Christ fulfilled it all for us, became our substitute, right? He became our sin substitute, and God loved us and esteemed us and treasured us so much that he decided to come down, take upon human flesh, take upon the penalty of our sin upon himself, die on a cross in a most indignified painful and shameful manner for sins he was not guilty of all right and then rose again on the third day conquering sin and death and to be our justification amen to be our lord and savior man that 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 is a hallelujah truth right there and so he did what we were unable to do for ourselves because that is how much he wanted to be with us Are you grabbing a hold of that? You know, that is your, that's where your esteem should be. All right? That's where your identity should be rooted in. Because the one who made all of this, the heavens and the earth and all that in them is, esteems you that much. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure, I am certain, I am resolute, I am resolved that neither death nor life, 
nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. We are loved by God. Amen? Woo! Hallelujah. So not only does he not condemn us, but he loves us more than anyone could ever love us. And like a loving parent, you know, I'm a a proud father of four daughters. And, you know, it's funny because I have coworkers, I've had friends like, oh, my goodness, what did you do as a young man? You know, it's like, you got, you got four daughters to worry about now. You must, what, what kind of devil must you have been when you were a young man? And I, but, and I, but, I, but, but I don't look at it that way, you know. And God has obviously given us the daughter anointing. And so uh, we're blessed, tremendously blessed. You know, but as they were growing up, well, first of all, I tell people uh, that's nothing new in the Cannon family because Grandma Cannon had 12 kids and 10 of them were daughters. So I had 10 aunts and two uncles. And I had four sisters and I was the only boy. So despite Christy and I's plans of having two sons and two daughters, See, I wanted to have two boys first because then I had two big brothers. We can deal with the knuckleheads. You know, we, we, could, uh, we could scare some guys straight, you know. But God had other things in mind. And, and everyone that came out, it, it, uh, Dr. Mark Eber used to be our doctor and so forth. And after the first two, you know, we'd have these ladies. One lady would look at how my wife's. Belly with things. Oh, this one's going to be a boy. This one's going to be a boy. You know, so you go in there, and then uh, the doctor delivers. He said, Well, still no stem on the apple. That's how he announced it to us. <laughs> Just finding a little humor in all that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We had a good relationship with him, so he could, you know. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> that was a brief diversion, but, but as a parent, you know, we've endeavored to raise our girls in nurture and admonition of the Lord, and, and you know, it's been, you have to find the heart of God. You know, being a parent can help you understand the heart of God. You know, uh, you know, uh, Jesus died for us, became our Lord and Savior, and he's up there like a proud parent interceding for us, rooting us on. You can do it. While we're telling ourselves, I can't do that. It's just too hard. He's like, no, you can do it. Father, I'm praying for them to grab that revelation. Let, 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 let that truth hit their heart so they can embrace the fact that they are more than able. They are more than a conqueror through me. 
Let them not give in to fear, Father God. <laughs> you know, encourage them, strengthen them. Give them faith, you know, strengthen their faith that they can walk into the lion's den and not worry about the threats, not worry about the, the, the consequences. Amen? And I've done that many times as a parent. We get our, our girls get involved in stuff, and, and we're right there. We want to make sure that they know that they're supported. We want to make sure. And then when it gets hard and, and, they're, and they're in that point of decision, whether or not they want to continue, whether or not it's worth all of this, you know, we're right there saying, oh, man, you can do it. It's going to be worth it. If you persist and stay with it, you know, you're going to, you're going to get to a point to where you achieve excellence in it. And then you're going to be appreciative that you persevered and stayed with it. And you don't have to wonder what if. Amen? So he doesn't just save us and leave us to our own devices. He gave us the Holy Spirit to guide us, to convict us, to teach us, to, 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 to direct our steps. So he's, he's helping us out. And he's got Jesus, inter- you know, Jesus is up there interceding for us, <laughs> praying for us. I mean, are you getting a picture of this? You know, so God is for you. And yet we're too quick to say what we can't do, what we're unable to. How many times in the Bible did God call somebody to do something great that was beyond them? And their first reaction was, I can't do this. And what did God say? Be of good courage. Have courage. Be bold. You can do it. You're not doing it by yourself. I'm with you. You know what? Same God yesterday, today, and forever. He's with us. He's saying the same thing today. Man, I can't conquer this. I can't get past this. I can't overcome this. And he's saying, yes, you can be of good courage. Be of good cheer. Be bold. You you may not be able to do it in your own strength, but, but you don't have just your own strength. I'm right there with you. I've enabled you to be able to do it. The Holy Spirit, the same one that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, dwells in you. And he's become to you divine enablement. (laughs) Amen? And Christ Jesus is, 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 is cheering you on from heaven and interceding for you. For the things of God that he's planned for your life to come to pass. Man, that's amazing. He says, for I am sure, oh, I want to say that again, for I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Ephesians 2.10 says we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works which God prepared in advance for us to do. Psalm 139 verses 13 and 14 says this for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. 
I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And that's, you know, if if your identity, you know, if you you struggle with image issues and so forth, man, sometimes at some point you're going to look in the mirror and just say, Father God, your works are wonderful. We're going to have to say, you know what? Uh, I, I, I might not fully be there yet, but Father God, it's what your word says. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to agree with your word. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. You know what? I'm, I'm done nitpicking and looking at the flaws. I'm done being compared to some airbrush perfection and so forth and not measuring up to that. So what? I got a two-liter instead of a six-pack. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. First Peter 2.9 says, but you are a chosen people. You know, God chose you. You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. God's special possession that you may be, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Now, I know technically that word is going to go, is going out to God's people, the Israelite, the Jews, but how many of you know through Christ we've been grafted in? Amen. So, so, so we're all a chosen people. We're all a royal priesthood. We're talking about identity, right? We're talking about how we see ourselves and what lens we view ourselves through. What lens will we choose to view ourselves through? Will we, will we look at ourselves and see ourselves through the, through the lens of scripture or will we continue to undermine our faith and allow our self-image to be, to be determined by, 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 by things of the world? The challenge to us today is to acknowledge the authority of God's word and to determine and resolve within ourselves that my self-image will be dictated by the, what, what, what God's word says about me. That, that's where my image, that's where my self-esteem will be rooted in. Amen? Christ is who I identify with. And God, like, like I used to say when I was growing up, the older people say, God don't make no junk. <laughs> you know, I, 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 I'm not junk. You're not junk. We are, we are his portion. We are his treasure. Amen. And I had to finally realize that, um, especially when it came to, uh, you know, self-condemnation, you know, it's like, man, if, 
if God declared me right with him, you know, it's about time I agree with him. <laughs> you know, it's about time that I align my thinking with that truth. You know, because what we believe about ourselves, a lot of ways dictates our actions. You know, if, if all I see myself as is a thief, guess what I'm going to do? You know, if all I see myself as a, is, is as a bully, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to be a bully, right? You know, if I identify with, if people been telling me I've been a, a jerk all my life and that's how I view myself, guess what I'm going to be? A jerk. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he, <laughs> Right? And so I want to think God's thoughts. I want to think of myself God's words. That's what he would have his children do. Amen? So I'm, I'm encouraging you that way. Ephesians 2, verses 4 through 7 says, but, but, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. God esteems you. In order that in the coming ages, he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. God wants to show his incomparable riches of his grace to you. Amen? God's grace is available for you to endure or conquer, gain victory over any and every challenge in your life. Again, he's for you. So if you are in Christ Jesus, you are seated with him in the heavenly realms. You are spiritually seated with him in the highest place. I'll just let that sink, sink into your mind for a second. You might be poor. You might be low. You may be the, in the first seat of the struggle bus. But it doesn't change the fact that spiritually you are seated in the heavenly realms with Christ Jesus. In that exalted place. So because of that news, you no longer have to walk around with your face pointing to the ground or your shoulders hunched over. You and I no longer have to feel unworthy. 
We have high standing and high honor with the king and creator of the universe. You and I are seated with Christ. That's what God's word says. I would encourage you to place these scriptures and others like it in prominent places throughout your home, your car, your take the time to write them out, your, put have them placed bathroom, kitchen, maybe not over the TV. But in prominent places that you know you're going to frequent, you and your family are going to frequent within the house and have them there as a visual reminder your home, your car, your office, have them pop up as a reminder on your phone or tablet and just delight yourself in them. Read and meditate on them every day. And as you read them, ask God to renew your mind. That's a simple thing that you can do to begin to cooperate with God in a a mind-renewing process. And so, I'm going to go ahead and and, and wrap it up, and I'm going to ask everyone to stand. And I'm going to ask you to to do something for those of you who are inclined to do so. The call to action that I have for you today is I'm going to challenge you Anyone who would be inclined to do so, to, yeah, I'm just going to have you, anyone who would be inclined to do so, to come up. And here's what I want you to do. I just, I want you, you're coming up, I want you to come up with your hands up like you're giving God something. And I want you to give him your identity. I want you to surrender your identity to him. And by doing that, you're going to be declaring that I'm giving up all the junk and, and, and I'm giving up all the false lenses that I've seen myself through in the past. And I'm, and, and, and I, I'm giving you that and then I'm going to receive from you, Father God, my true identity. Are you hearing that? All right, so I'm going to just ask those who, I'm calling you up. I'm going to ask you to come up. And I just want you to lift your hands as you come up and you say, Lord, I'm giving you the mess. I'm giving you the junk. I'm giving you my identity. I've placed my identity in the hands of others. I've placed my identity in the, in, in, in the hands of my past. I've placed my identity in, in flaws and shortcomings. And, and, and Lord, I am done with that. I am now putting my identity in you. I'm putting my identity in your hands. I would not believe anything that is not the truth of your word any longer. I will be in faith concerning myself hallelujah hallelujah thank you lord jesus hallelujah hallelujah Hallelujah. as your sons and daughters have come
in a simple act of faith, Father God, and trust in you. I just thank you, Father God, that you're smiling on them right now, on us all as your children. I thank you, Father God, that you're loving on us right now. Hallelujah. And Father God, as they have all come with their hands up, Father God, offering you, giving you their identity. That identity has been battered. Their identity has been marred. Their identity has been contorted, Father God, with a lot of things that has happened in their lives, things that they've encountered, people that they've encountered, that they've that, that has informed and skewed their perception of their identity. But Father God, today, right now, this moment, Father God, they are no longer allowing the past or or or, or external circumstances or or other people, Father God to dictate their identity. Their identity, they declare and determine, we all do this day, our identity is in you. Our identity is based in your word. We are who you say we are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In every way, we are whom you've declared us to be. And so, Father God, I just pray that you would encourage us, Father God, that, that, that you would work in our hearts and, and renew our minds, Father God, to strengthen our faith, Father God, that we will see ourselves in faith according to your word. No more doubt, no more fear, no more unbelief, but faith. We will view ourselves in faith according to your word. We will not let that thief, that devil, that thief, come to steal, kill, and destroy our self-image anymore. We are the children of the Most High God, a royal priesthood. We are citizens of heaven, and we are seated in the heavenly realms with Christ. Hallelujah. We're not condemned. We are loved by God, treasured by God, interceded for by Christ. And Father God, may we ever be in remembrance. May we ever be reminded of this, of this truth. Convict us, Holy Spirit. We invite you to do your work in our hearts. If we begin to entertain those thoughts and ideas that exalt themselves against the knowledge of Christ, convict us and give us grace and strength to uproot those things. And exalt the truth. We invite you to do that work in our hearts. And we will heed. We will take heed. We declare these things, Father, and we pray in the precious name of Christ Jesus. And all in agreement, say amen. Amen. Hallelujah.